Bruce Lawn. Today with Pastor Alexander Pagani. But before we get into that, hey, if you want a free Master My Devo, how to study the Bible course. We've put it together at mastermydevo.com. The link is in the description. You could sign up for it. Let's jump in. Without any further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Alexander Pagani. Hey, God bless. Blessings, Ruslan. Thank you for having You're me on. You're here. Yeah, event. the man finally, frequently finally. seen with the Demon Slayers. The man <laughs> frequently seen, well, not frequently seen, but on the 700 Club. The man who's crushing, crushing the Facebook world. Um, New York's very own amazing, amazing, powerful testimony. Um, Alexander Pagini, thank you so much, Pastor, for being here. I'm super grateful for you. Uh, I want to say this. I want to say this before we start. Uh, me and you have been interacting a bit on social. I've been keeping up with your content a little bit, probably over the last year. Um, right. And you, you always chime into my streams. And out of all the people I've interacted with, okay, I'm just going to say this, with the caveat of my brothers Alan Parr and John McRae, out of all the people I've interacted with, you, I think you may be the first who not only came on my platform, but also also invited me on his platform. And then when, when we caught backlash, you actually had my back and you stood up for me. And I'm super grateful for that. So thank you Amen. for that, man. Um, because they, they, you know, the, the, the Christian mob try to try to cancel you as well. And, uh, yeah, they, they try to, they try to lynch me for a little bit, but you can't lynch it. You can't lynch a dead man. I'm dead in Christ. They can't lynch Come on. me. I want to, I, I got so many things I got I want to talk to you about, but I want to open with, uh, you being ordained as an apostle. And I Amen. think sometimes there's confusion on that, right? You come from right. the five-fold ministry side of things. Uh, I come from more of like a church planter world. And in, in, in our world, the vernacular for someone that has an apostolic gift or an apostolic anointing is we would kind of place them in the position of like a um, more of like a church planter, right? And missionary. Maybe, maybe missionary, church planter, right? And in your world the word apostle is used and you were ordained as apostle. And then there's yeah. different camps that even use the word bishop, which is more, I think more of like an elder title, right? So different right. vernacular. So I want to just, for, cause, cause I know, I already know what's going to happen. He claims to be an apostle. What does that mean? So I want to just start with <laughs> what is the definition? And here's the caveat that I want to be transparent about. Some of the concern with the word apostle in my, my circle of, of things, you're talking the, the kind of like the free grace, evangelical, um, uh, uh, Mike Winger, Alan Parr world, right, that I run in, some of the concern is that here, especially on the West Coast, we have a, a massive church called Bethel, and Mike right. Winger did an amazing video on Bethel, and their pastor, who won't call himself outright an apostle, but, but has went on to say, and you guys can go watch Mike Winger's full video, that basically in their ecosystem, an apostle is someone that carries equal weight with the original apostles who wrote scripture and authority. Okay. And so I don't think that's what you believe, but I want to no. just, just open up. So, so when you say apostle, you're not saying I am equal with the apostles in the scriptures and my right. word is equal with scripture. No. Um, it's like some in the Bethel crowd and even that, and some might take that, that, take that as a shot to the Bethel. If you're from Bethel, don't be mad at me. Go watch Pastor Mike Winger's video. I think Bill Johnson needs to clean that up if he doesn't believe that because that's what they've said. Um, but I want to give you the opportunity just to kind of clarify that so that we we don't start with, he's an apostle, what do 
are you doing talking to somebody like that? Uh, what do you mean when you say apostle and what does that like practically look like and what does it not mean? Well, the biblical definitions for the word apostle comes from the Greek word apostoli. It just means a sent one, an individual okay. that has been sent from a local ecclesia uh, to a specific demographic where no one has laid the foundation of Christ crucified and begins to pioneer and trailblaze a path so that way the Lord can begin to establish his kingdom, at least in that particular area within the people that have been ordained to be added unto the church. Now, the apostolic definition that you're referring to is more along the lines of NAR. Now, if yes. anyone believing in a modern-day apostle would constitute them NAR, then I guess I am that. But the, the references that you're referring to as concerning maybe Bill Johnson and some of the other apostolic voices who equate themselves to the same authority as one of the 12, you know, I've never heard them actually say that. That might just be what they, it might be what is being implied. And I, I agree yeah. with you that Bill Johnson would probably have to have to kind of kind of clean that up. But I do agree that there are those out there that do claim that their authority on what they say equates to the original 12. Uh, no, that's not what we're referring to. We're talking okay. about apostolic succession, which means mm. it started with the 12, but doesn't end with the 12. What we are doing is we're not establishing new doctrine. We're continuing what is called the apostles doctrine, according to Acts chapter two. Pretty much that's, that's it. Now, if you want to go even a step further, um, Galatians chapter, chapter two, the apostle Paul in trying to argue concerning his apostolic office because there were people within the Judeo church in Jerusalem that had an issue with that because the apostle Paul tended to be more and was sent by the Antiochian church uh, further north. Uh, mm -hmm. He began to say that, uh, that this situation was so fierce amongst his apostolic authority that he had to go to Jerusalem to kind of make sure that he was running this thing right. And they established that the apostle Paul would be sent or be an apostle unto the Gentiles or to the gospel of circumcision. And then Paul, well, rather Peter would be to the gospel uh, to the Jews. So it just outlined, if you look within the text, it's just a sent one to a group of people. So mm -hmm. Paul, primary focus was to the Gentile. Obviously we know that. And then Peter, primary focus to the Jews. My primary focus is to the inner city in New York, in New York City, the Bronx, particularly the Bronx, the borough of the Bronx, mm -hmm. and then there are others who are sent uh, to various demographics. Now, within Christendom, I would be considered an apostle or sent one to the revelation of deliverance, which means my primary focus is preaching Christ crucified, the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection. I don't run around the world preaching deliverance, but I do run around the world teaching teaching deliverance, which is a whole other thing. All right, mm -hmm. now, within within that context, the subsequent response to believers getting saved and then they run into this wall that they feel that their problem could be a little bit beyond the world of flesh and the devil. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that comes in and say, maybe that problem, its potential root could be demonic. Not mm -hmm. that we're looking for a demon under every rock. I don't, anybody mm -hmm. that knows me knows that I, I, I don't over blame the devil. Some stuff is irresponsibility. People need to repent, read their Bible, hold themselves accountable to a local ecclesia and discipleship. But I'm the guy that does remind people don't discount the demonic side because the demonic side actually is there for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, ruling spirits who maybe might people might think that it's lines of thinking. And I would agree with that because a yeah. stronghold is a line of thinking. But behind every stronghold, there is a strong man. There's a personality that's there that's 
that's perpetuating that. So there's a big difference between that um, where I come in. I have been sanctioned by the church with hands laid on me by my apostle, uh, Apostle Tudor Bismarck, with those that are watching would probably go look him up in the body of Christ. He is absolutely well known. So I didn't went as a result of some dream or some thought in my head, or I felt like I'm an apostle and claim some authority by some kind of premonition or revelation. The book of Jude actually condemns that. These people mm. claim authority by their dreams. No, 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 no. I was actually sent by a governing body, a presbytery of those that have governing in the church. They sent me out because they recognize that what I carry um, is literally is needed in the body of Christ, specifically in the area of deliverance. So that's what I mean when it comes to an apostle, not equating to the original 12, but a succession of the original 12, which means an ongoing, I'm not a right. cessationalist, I'm ongoing apostolic work, yeah. but not what we say is not canon. We are building upon what has already been established as canon. And then the subsequent response to that is miracles, signs and wonders and the fruit of building the and pioneering and establishing the kingdom of God. Yes. Yeah, so what would you say to someone that would say why the need of like a title because i think in certain certain sides maybe there's 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 a there's um an imbalance where there isn't enough reverence right so you got like a guy like dr john piper and people are like yeah john right and there's, there's zero reverence for his title or any of that sort of thing and then there's the the what i would say the opposite extreme which is it's a lot about title and it's a lot about like don't right. touch the anointed one like that scripture being misinterpreted don't uh you can't question the man of god the man of god's insulated he has an armor bearer that keeps people from coming to him and and, right. and, and regardless of the size of the church or the size of the platform we also see that so Help, just help those of us that are watching kind of navigate that in terms of like the need for because um, we don't really like well, I, get, I get maybe in your in, in your community you would use the title of like evangelist Ruslan right or like uh, right. teacher so and so right or is like is that a big value for you guys and and why in terms of like those types of titles okay that 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 like in and of itself should be a, a broadcast by itself it's a it's the answer is long and drawn out let me let me just first say this sorry uh, sorry you just like dropped that bomb on you <laughs> yeah like you know because it, to requ to require to answer that it's multiple facets and then that'll probably take the whole interview of why we are here but let me just look at it from a more personal perspective what's wrong with using the title it's just a word sure it's just a word sure you know it's just a word. Second, I think that, I think it has to do with culture. Let me be honest here, and then they're gonna get mad at me. The lack of use of title only comes from American evangelicalism. It's mm. the only place where that thing is breathing and living and, and functions and moves. It's because uh, there's this, for whatever reason, I, you know, I, I don't know. Now, I would say on the opposite end of that, it can be also uh, Afro-American, uh, brown, Latino uh, evangelicalism, where there is an overuse of the title. And I think that it's also because of culture. I think it's a large percentage of my black and brown for us, and I'm Afro-Latino, it's because we, we, we already feel disenfranchised in this country, and we had a long time people calling us boy. Mm. So... That's a whole nother topic, which that's interesting. That's, thank you for tying with, that in from a social from a social standpoint. Yeah, I think so, that, that is something that uh, I've actually never considered. So thank you for sharing. You that. know, this is the reason why Mr. T 
changed his name to Mr. T because he was tired of people calling him boy. And we know that boy is in reference to the American racism that exists within the fabric of this country and within the church. So I think when it comes to uh, Latinos and blacks, we're very disenfranchised, we're disconnected, mm-hmm. we have abandonment issues. So the title is connected to our self-worth, which I believe there is an exaggeration there. But I would say this, the Bible says to acknowledge them that labor among you. If we have earned that title, why not call us that? I don't go to my doctor and say, yo, bro, uh, I don't I don't go to a judge and say, yo, my man, like we don't do that. Why do we do that to each other? I think hidden within American evangelicalism is a mild form of theological racism. But like I said, that's a whole nother topic because the word apostle is just a word. It's just a word. And if I want to go even deeper, Jesus did not invent that word. Alexander the Great invented that word he had delegates that he sent which is the reason why his empire grew so fast because he sent apostles and jesus adapted that to help better the people understand because we had just come out of grecian uh, dominance into a roman dominance they understood these terms which is the yeah. reason why jesus never came under nebuchadnezzar babylon or the medo persians and he never came in the greeks he came in the romans because they understood the topic of the title. Now, the second thing I want to say is this. You will only receive what you honor. So if you honor me as Alex, you're going to get bro. You're going to get a bro. I love you. We talk. But if you honor the office that I carry, all the weight and the gifting and the impartation that comes with it, you could potentially get. Because when I go to the doctor, I'm not looking at Frank. I don't want Frank. I want Dr. Frank. I want to receive what you carry. There's no pride in that. There's no, oh, let me not call him there because I don't want my doctor to feel and get pride. What? That's false humility. And false humility is just another facet of legalism, which I hope that we can conquer a little bit later. And I think this is why we are. We are here. I just think it's just a cultural an issue. And I think there might be just some theological racism that kind of goes in there. I I think it is cultural. I mean, I was just talking, uh, you know, you know, I told you I got a a good someone that's in my life that's been very helpful. Christian therapist of mine. His name is Dr. Rudy. Uh, and I'm going to have him on the channel. And he literally just said to me, like, no, you just call me Rudy. Because I kept referring to him as Dr. Rudy. And he said, no, just call me Rudy. And so I think there is, he's a white gentleman. Uh, so I think there is something to what you're saying. In terms of there might be a, a cultural disconnect in terms of um, the title may, may not mean as much for someone that may be coming from a bit of a privileged perspective. Um, right. in, in, in regards to all that. So thank you for clarifying. Well, so just, let me just, let me, let me just also interject this. In our Bible schools, they are taught us to not embrace titles. So I'm not mad when pastors mm. be on that. Just call me Bill. Just call me John. Sure. Uh, there, there is what is called hermeneutics and, and, and there's ministerial ethics. It is taught, and I did five years of seminary. I have the accolades yeah. on my wall. I'm not some just went guy. There yeah. is courses within our ministerial training that uh, try to eliminate anything that could potentially be a hindrance or a blockage of someone receiving the gospel and one of those areas is the usage of Mm. titles so there is an emphasis on that in bible school to make sure that we appear as humble as we can be okay but i don't think there's anything wrong if a title is earned someone went to school and got a doctorate for five or six years paid eighty thousand dollars and they did their dissertation and they earned their doctorate degree in theology what's wrong with me calling them doctor for some sort of pride in their head i'm not the holy spirit uh, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And yeah. if that minister is going to get prideful, I'm sure that God would allow that minister to get a thorn in the flesh because he did it to Paul 
he'll yeah. do it to them. So I refuse to be a policeman yeah. to the Holy Spirit. If a person is presented to me with a title, yeah. um, I will honor them as a title. Amen. If a person is surrounded by people who call them by the first name and they've earned a title, I still call them by the title. Sure. And I think that just has to do with cultural preference and biblical theological worldview of their uh, ministerial upbringing of where they are from now there's other implications that go into that but like i said that's for another that's a nice con concise uh answer i like it let me ask you this because there is or has been so much confusion and or abuse specifically with the and i don't and i don't, so when I'm, I'm not trying to make a, a broad generality but seemingly abuse with the title prophet people consume assume prophet when some people say, and they're literally meaning like an Old Testament prophet, right? And we saw what that meant with the Trump elections and how many prophets right. got it completely wrong and struck out, right? And then yes. apostles who you're saying, hey, you're basically equating it to the same as a church planter, as a missionary. And we see some people who equate it to the level of, I am equal with scripture. I am equal with the revelation of scripture. Let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a burden on those that flow from the fivefold ministry to clarify and say, hey, this is what we mean. This is not what we mean. Instead of just using those titles flippantly, because I because because people have asked me this before. I, I would always say, hey, I'm 100 percent OK with lowercase uh, uh, apostles and lowercase prophets, because as long as there's a distinguishing thing that they are not the same as the apostles in the scripture and they are not the same as the prophets of the Old Testament. Right. So I believe that people flow in the prophetic. I believe they could be prophets and apostles, just not equivalent to what the definitions mean in scripture is there a burden on folks that are coming from the fivefold to clarify and say no that's not what we mean because it could be a stumbling block for certain brothers well, that, that maybe come from an abusive spiritually abusive background i would say yes because i'm one of them i think i've spent more time here in america um having to clarify uh the office that i carry and the ministry of deliverance because evangelicals they just don't get it gen mm -hmm. z's they just don't get it because they've been taught by evangelicals millennials they kind of get it because they have a more of a connection to gen xers and we kind of yeah. like of our hybrid of coming out of the religious sector so i i think it's just i think it's just a war of etymology i think it's just a war of the origin of the origin of words, Ruslan. But I mm -hmm. think that I, but when I do travel, when I go to New Zealand, when I go to Europe, when I go to Africa, they don't deal with that. They don't deal with it. Now, are there excesses over there? Obviously, yes. It's only happening in this small pond called evangelicalism here that is dominated by the good old boys. It's only happening here that we find that we have to spend a lot of time with the first 10 minutes having to clean up every revelation that we say before we actually say it because we're trying to make sure that they don't think what we're not saying because mm. Evangelicalism is nothing more than uh, guerrilla warriors. They're heresy hunters. So they're always <laughs> listening to what is false. They're never listening to what is true. They're only listening to see where you're all false. So they're not, they're not actually hearing you. They're just listening to you. All right. So we spend more time having to say, guys, we're not saying we're the Apostle Paul. We don't deal with that when we travel abroad because they're not dealing with that they're not dealing with that. They're, they're more closer to the Middle Eastern Mesopotamian view and Hebraic view of scripture than we are than this westernized civilization, Protestant Reformation, breaking away from Britain view of church. So I just think that I would say, yes, that I, I spend more time, like I'm still on level one. I'm still on deliverance. Deliverance yeah. is level one in the kingdom. Yeah. Why? Yeah. 
because just some people don't get it. And if it's not the evangelical that's not getting it, then it's my reform brothers that don't get it. And then there's the hyper reform that don't get it. And then there's the hyper grace that don't get it. So by the time we get to real apostolic work concerning, you know what, while we argue about theology, why don't you look at the fruit that what we're doing here, we're pioneering something great that's never been done before. It takes years for them to kind of just say, oh, so you guys don't mean you're like the Apostle Paul. No, we've never said that from day one. But now you got it 50 years later. And what a waste. Christ is coming. And in 50 years, now they finally just getting it. So like I said, this will require its own broadcast just to address this. No, I I think I think I'm more um, I think I'm more saying in the sense of. like when we talk about financial literacy on this channel, right? There's going right. to be some people that are going to say, well, Ruslan, you're preaching a prosperity guy. That sounds like prosperity because you're talking about money and managing money and getting out of debt. And so I have to kind of carefully, repeatedly clarify that right. no, what we're talking about is Matthew 25. We're talking Proverbs. We're talking you read right. what you sow. You're t- we're t- it's not your money anyway. It's God's money right. and you're just here to... So I think that is why I, I clarify certain things because... We right. have to, uh, because there, there, there are to. folks that are, they're, they're, they're going to get confused. The book of uh, James says it. that we have to clarify. It says, God forbid you guys are teachers because in one thing you might offend. So I get it. We do have to clarify before we actually make people feel like they're being offended. And nothing is more disappointing for someone to completely miss. I, I see I see your view is misunderstand you all the time and never get your heart. I know what you're saying. I know the language. I'm at another level where I know that even if you fail to mention certain things, it doesn't mean that you don't have never mentioned those things. Mm -hmm. I know where you stand when you're talking about financial literacy. The body of Christ is broke. Let's just be honest. Uh, I also believe in supernatural sowing to be able to receive. But that does not mean I believe in sowing and buying a miracle. But I do believe that as you give, God will give it back unto you. So before I actually tell somebody, sow a seed, God will break a breakthrough. I have to do like this long teaching about, guys, we're not talking about buying a miracle. And guys, we're not talking about televangelists. But we do want you to sow a seed. I get it. And I don't mind doing that. Why? Because true apostles take their time to do line upon line, precept upon precept. But I see and hear your frustration uh, when you sometimes have to defend yourself in certain things. And on my end, it's frustrating because your adult, mature listeners are like, Ruslan, we get it. You don't have to tell. We get it. We know what you meant. But I see why you have to say it, because the ones that are campaigning the most of what you're not saying is this abandoned fatherless Gen Z unregulated zeal generation that feel they want to champion and show God how much they adhere to sola scriptura. I, I get it. Yeah. I think we were all there. I think we yeah. were all there, yeah. you know, yeah. so I, I ain't mad at them. But as an apostle, I ain't got no time to deal with you. But sure. uh, those are that are like that. But I understand why you deal with them, because that's the demographic of the people that actually listen and follow yeah. and who you minister to. One of, one of the things we have in common is we both have a, a frustration with fundamentalism, legalism. Uh, we, we say... And I'm uh, fundamental. I'm yeah, a fundamental yeah, I'm, with a straight jacket, like I said. You're a charismatic with a seatbelt, and I'm a fundamental with a straight jacket because I have to tie myself up from going yeah. at my own for all the foolishness, like last year with the elections, of yep. uh, the stuff that goes unchecked and not held accountable. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's certain things uh, that were unchecked? And I, I heard a handful of people calling it out. I think Dr. Michael Brown was the, the most, 
outspoken and did a couple of broadcasts on it. Uh, but I didn't hear a ton of like internal folks in the prophetic community pull it, you know, hey, Chris Valentin from Bethel, you got to chill with these Trump prophecies. Hey, uh, I, you know, I think it was uh, J- Dr. Jeremiah Johnson. Hey, you got to chill with it. You got it wrong, yeah. bud. Like you right. got it wrong. Why do you think in terms of like there's there's not enough ch- checking in, in, in or may, again, maybe it just appears that way to me. Yes. Let me let me just say this. Prophet Jeremiah Johnson is my personal friend. I just finished talking to him over the phone two days ago. We did hold him accountable when everything happened. I called him and I said, my brother, you're kind of going off on the deep end. Mm. Isaiah Saldivar, he is close friends with us. He is one of my personal friends. I'm actually going to be ministering at his church in January. All right. This is the reason why he called me. And when he did mess up, I called him. And this is what he told me so that people don't know. Number one, he is surrounded by people that hold him accountable. He just didn't listen. This is what he told me. I apologize, Pagani, because I didn't listen to you guys because I told him. I mm. said, listen, this is this is not good. And if this doesn't come to pass, you're going to get crucified. Mm. And when when it happened and he got crucified, I called him, but I didn't call him to crucify him because he was already being crucified. I called him to restore him. And mm. I said to him, I think this is what you need to do. Um, and this is what I told him. This is what happens when you don't listen to your real friends. And you know what he told me? He said, Pagani, next time, don't let me go off this far. And then guess what? Then he asked me for a deliverance and he did receive the ministry of deliverance, not from me, but from others. Isaiah Zaldafar went out to his church and ministered to him personally. So for those of you that are watching, just because it's not done public doesn't mean the fathers and the generals of the faith are not doing it in private. Um, yeah. I don't expose people publicly. Mm-hmm. We got the heresy hunters already do that, doing that. Mm-hmm. We restore mm-hmm. people privately and we did restore him and we did hold him account- accountable privately. We just mm-hmm. don't publicize it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would we publicize yeah. this? You guys can think that we're being prideful for doing that. There's no winning with this cancel culture. You do it publicly, then they go at you for why didn't you do it privately? We do it privately, then they complain <laughs> and say, you guys aren't doing it. There's no winning, which is yeah. why my apostolic nature, I don't care what the body of Christ thinks. I know what we did privately yeah. and he yeah. is being restored and he is doing great and he's repented and my job is to just as his friend to continue to keep him accountable now as far as the other ones i don't know them Got it's it. not in my place to call them from bethel and and all these others to say my brother you it's not my place but i know that god loves them so much that he did send them people to hold mm. them accountable just because you didn't see it my friends doesn't mean it's not it's not getting done. And everybody's approach is not the Apostle Paul, Galatians 2. There are others that can do it behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. they are doing it. So just, just because you haven't seen it, don't think yeah. that it's not getting done. It has been getting done. Yeah. Um, sometimes they just don't listen to us, and sometimes they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think I think that that's that's good for people to know. Um, thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about uh, you know in terms of legalism, fundamentalism. We had a conversation the last bit, which is on, was on, which was on Patreon. It was before we went into the Halloween thing. By the way, those of you guys were like, you didn't post the whole interview. The whole conversation we had about Halloween was posted. Right. Stop! Don't 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 do that. That's goofy. Don't do that. Don't do that to me. Okay. Uh, the whole thing about Halloween was posted. But this is my my question to you in terms of when we talk about legalism fundamentalism 
Um, this is how I see it, and I, and I want to and I want to know however you want to push back because I'm really open. Right. This is how I see the zeal is I see, um, I see it like Christianity and and parallel it to health, right? And there are certain folks that are going to jump and say, I want to change my life. I want to get healthy. Right. And I've lost weight. And then my wife, we just had a baby. I gained some weight back, but I'm still doing well, losing weight actively. And what I see is I see there's there's this one camp that prescribes a one size fits all fad diet that's going to be inconsistent for the long haul of the individual. Right. Right. So this is your person that's like, you got to go vegan, bro. No meat. Right. And then you got somebody else that's like, hey, you know, it's all about keto. You got to eat a lot of meat and a lot of dairy and a lot of cheese. Right. And then you got the and, and the issue with all of these fat diets is that the majority of people aren't going to live that way indefinitely. And right. there's nothing wrong with doing a 21 day third. Like we do whole 30, which is basically a paleo diet. Um, and again, this is like, just, just follow me along. This is I'm paralleling this. Those of you guys are watching paralleling this to the journey of sanctification. Someone's saved. They're born again. They know that they know they need to get their life in order. Um, so I think there's a lot of fad diets being prescribed in Christianity of don't do this. You can't eat this. You got to eliminate this food group. You got to stop eating this. You got no more bread, no more, no more cake, no more this, no more that, no more this, no more that. Never again. This is it, right? And then the people that are really have transformed, and I don't know how, if you have friends, I'm, I'm assuming you do, that are elite level athletes, um, that uh, 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 guys in the NFL, guys in the NBA. What I found with all of them is that they still have dessert. <laughs> <laughs> they still eat normal. They right because they've gotten to a certain level. And what I found in nutrition wise is that you could really narrow it down with replacement. Eat the right. things you should be eating. Hey, you want to get super shredded and lean? Most men, you eat two pounds of lean meat a day and a ton of greens. There you go. That's how you start with the nutrition. Get your butt in the gym. Start eating more meat. Start eating more protein. Start eating more greens. Get your butt to the gym. And then over time, those other things will fall away. The, 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 I have to always eat chips. I always have to eat junk food. Those things will slowly fall away. And guess what? You're going to go on the rest of your life and occasionally have that slice of pizza and occasionally have that, that, that cake occasionally have that donut. But it seems to me that sometimes there's this, this prescription of radically removing all junk food from your life without addressing the addition Again, this is how it seems. And so I think that's where when we get into consecration, that's where we get into these things. It, it, it starts to feel like a radical fad diet instead of saying, hey, guys, how about we just get you guys into, into this? Just right. read this every day. How about we get you into a local church? How about we right. get you to go up for some deliverance ministry? Or how about we get right. you to go sit down with a counselor? How about we get you to just move around and serve in your local church? Be active. So help me help me process that because I, I probably right. come from more of the let's focus on the things we should be doing and let's right. equip people to do that instead of, instead of giving them these like outlandish diets that they're not going to be able to maintain indefinitely. Um, and I think that's where... And, and 
and it feels good in a moment. Somebody starts vegan and they feel great for two weeks. They're not going to eat that way. Most, I think 80% of people who go vegan end up going back to some form of meat and dairy, right? So I know right. it's a flawed metaphor, but I just, I wanted to throw that off you because like I had a conversation with somebody and they're like, I don't watch any media anymore. I don't watch anything anymore. I don't celebrate any holidays. Christmas, gone. Halloween, gone. Everything, gone. I'm done with, and I'm like, fam, that's cool, but do you think that's the heart of God for every Christian for the rest of their life? Or do you think you're going through a zealous phase where you may need that for a season? Someone might need that 21 day reset, but that's not, no, no one's going to live that way indefinitely. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, Hey, I have a donut every once in a while. I have a piece of cake at a birthday party, right? Now, if you eat cake every day, you're going to get fat. It's going to be bad. So Super flawed metaphor. I just threw a whole lot at you, but but help me process this. And, and, and maybe I'm bugging. Like maybe I'm seeing an incomplete picture on this. Maybe it's just a terrible metaphor. But I, I would love to hear your your thoughts on that. It, it actually is a flawed metaphor because witchcraft and food are not the same thing. And okay. even if we are connecting people to to scripture. God talks against witchcraft more than any other sin. Now, I know he talks about double-mindedness and unforgiveness and unbelief all throughout scripture, but there's one that's particularly highlighted. Now, here is where I'm gonna get really theological, not just with you, but I think more with your listeners because I can have an adult conversation with you. But 1 John chapter five uh, says that there are sins that lead unto death and then there are sins that do not lead unto death. The next Mm -hmm. verse says, all wickedness is sin, but there is a sin that leads unto death. Mm -hmm. So this lets me know that sin is not universal. All right. In in Christianity, it probably is. But in the kingdom, it is not. You have sin, you got transgression, you got iniquity, and then you have an abomination. We can mess around and all wickedness is sin. But having an argument with my wife is not the same as uh, conducting a conducting a necromancy for the dead in Ouija board. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a bit different. Absolutely. All right. So when it comes to, so when it comes to witchcraft or at least any uh, connection to it, the scripture actually even says, and here's where we can just agree to disagree is the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil, not of sin. It says of evil. Um, well, Let's just be honest, ghouls and goblins and stuff like that is kind of evil. Now, I understand if we connect it to the food allegory that's there. And, but right. what about my son dressing like an angel? That's not evil. It's the, it's the affiliation that comes with that. Now, does it open a portal to demons? I don't. I wouldn't go as far to say that it will open a sure. portal to demons, but I do believe that believers that kind of get caught up in that, they're either wrestling with some sort of trauma concerning ultra conservatism, or mm-hmm. maybe some sort of they're running away from not being borderline fanatic, fanaticism or sensationalism. But there's just certain things um, because I am in the deliverance ministry. Um, I just don't tolerate. My kids grew up, you know, anti-Halloween. Now, I didn't go around this house talking about we don't celebrate. We don't celebrate the day of the devil. We just didn't celebrate it. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, that, that's it. See what I'm saying? Sure, now, sure. now um, to get dogmatic with it, then then we have a problem because then James says, if you condemn one, you have to condemn all. So then we have to like throw in there December 25th and then Easter and then, you know, the rebirth of the sun God and the winter and the spring solstice and birthdays. And then we would also have to even include no longer using the word Monday, Tuesday, (laughs) Thursday. (laughs) Right, right, right. And guess what? The Bible actually doesn't say those days. It says the first day of the week. It says mm. the third day of the week. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good. So I think the analogy and the metaphor, it's a bit flawed because we're trying to equate Halloween with food 
No, it's not actually. I'm not trying to equate Halloween with food. I'm trying to equate uh, uh, Squid Game. Like there's, right. there's, 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 I mean, it's within your your own circle, right? right? There's brothers that watched Squid Game and enjoyed it greatly, and then there's brothers that was like made a video about it and said it was demonic, you know? Right. And I'm like, now, fam, I, I don't, like, I didn't watch. Squid you didn't Wayne. watch it, I didn't right? Watch but it, but I want to say who did. I didn't want to say who did watch it, but we have a mutual friend that did watch it. That 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 right. that I, I know you're close to, and he told right. me he watched it, right? And he said, hey, we right. don't agree. He told on he told us he watched it because right. he felt he had to tell not me, but he had to tell the group because right. there was a video from our group that was anti Squid Game. Right. So, right. But so that's what I'm the beauty is, of friendship. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, I think watching Squid Game, um, celebrating Christmas saying Monday is not the same as doing a witchcraft ritual is not the same as goblins. I'm with you. I think I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred percent. I would say if we, go, if we go back to my flawed metaphor, I would say right. that's like eating poison, Ouija board, right. poison, pornography, poison. You're literally consuming poison. That is going to hurt you immediately. Don't do right. that. That's stupid. Don't fool with that. Right. And I got friends here. I mean, I'll, I'll go on as far as say, I think it's, it's problematic to go see a non-Christian therapist. Like I think right. that's, that could be dangerous for most Christians, because you're letting somebody into like the most intimate parts of, of where you're at. So I would, I, and, and that may be extreme for some people, because some of you guys, I like my non-Christian therapist. I think that's that's really foolish to go do right. that. But 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 so yeah. So I'm so 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 hear me. I am not advocating for Ouija boards no. or or no, any no, of that no. kind of stuff. I hear your heart. I know you're yeah. not advocating, and I wish that your viewers and your listeners that follow you would hear your heart and not just what you said, because I know for fact, I know what you mean. I. I I, I know exactly what you're talking about, except right. that I just disagree to some degree because even though I'm not taking poison, I don't want to play with poison. Or that's sure. like me wearing a costume that has the poison symbol on it. And to go even a step further, just for the sake of being theologically just getting scripture, sometimes right. there is a demonic attachment to particular things. Um, Joshua chapter seven. Now, if we now we can argue there because people could say that's Old Testament, my brother. Sure, sure, sure. Then again, it just goes back to you know theological like so, bias. So let me ask and you this: the Dunning thing that you told me, the, the Dunning. Dunning what, what was the Dunning thing yeah. that you the told Dunning me? Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it goes back to that. Yeah, and we could get we we could get into that, but I want to I want to ask you a question, a theological question, in First Corinthians chapter eight where Paul says, hey, we know there's no such thing as an idol. It's just the power these things hold over. Your brother sees you eating food sacrificed to idols, causing right. your brother to stumble, right? In that passage, um, because I think maybe the, maybe we disagree on this, because some people are like, yo, Christians cannot eat food. Or in that context, he was telling the, the Corinthians that they didn't have the right to even eat food sacrificed to idol in 1 Corinthians chapter right. 8. Um, and and so Romans chapter fourteen, meat should you eat? Should you not eat meat? Right. Um, my question to you is: Do you think that Paul was saying it was permissible as long as they didn't do it in front of someone and flaunt their liberty in front of someone? Is that is that? Okay. Would you say that's your take on that passage? I would say one hundred percent yes. Here's okay. the, here's here's the thing that I have is if you're gonna celebrate it, why do you gotta promote it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. That's a, that's why, a fair, that, that's a fair pushback. Let, let's that's go, a, that's a let's fair go pushback. back into, let's use tattoos as an example. I am 100% anti-tattoos. Now, if a Christian gets it, it doesn't send a Christian to hell. All right, okay. but my, my issue is while you're getting it, why put it on Facebook Live? <laughs> Especially yep. if you're a person of the of the clergy or someone that is okay. uh, a person of influence, why, why, why put it? What I see when Christians do that is... Mm -hmm. 
uh, flipping the bird at the established traditional church because they've been hurt by the Christian church somewhere and they're trying okay. to show their liberty in Christ. Do it. Let me give you an example. I go to the movies. When I'm in the mood, I'm going to the movies this weekend. I'm going to go see Eternals. I'm a Marvel fan. Bingo, there it goes. When I'm at the movies, I'm not going to check in on Facebook. Why? Because I am an international global figure of influence and it might give the wrong impression. So whenever I'm at the movies, I'm, I don't have to check in and then feel like y'all legalist, y'all, 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 you know, y'all legalistic people, y'all need to embrace this grace. I'm free, guys. I am free because the same verse that Paul said, an idol is nothing. The following verse says, don't be a stumbling block to your brother. What I find sure. is that people on Facebook just being stumbling blocks to each other. And that in and of itself is also wrong. Yep. Why do you have to flaunt your liberty? Because like you said in the last conversation, you guys got triggers and admit it. You've been hurt by whatever conservative, ultra conservative churches, yep. Pentecostal churches. There's just some, some church hurt that's there that's going on yes. and that you need wanna, healing from. Yeah. I want to get into the church hurt, but it, you made a great argument um, that I actually sought counsel on this week from some men of God in my life um, about, hey, are we flaunting our liberty when we're on social media? Um, and is it coming from a place of hurt, right? Is it coming from a place of church hurt? And uh, uh, specifically, you said that you, when you go to the movies, you don't even check in your location on Facebook, right? So let me ask you a question. Do you think that knowledge of liberty is the same as causing someone to, to stumble or is it the same as uh, flaunting liberty? Meaning that if you, if I know that you know, uh, you have certain liberties that I don't, I'm assuming you don't drink, but let's just say you, you consume alcohol occasionally, um, or, or fill in the blank. Do you think that me having knowledge of that Liberty is the same as that Liberty causing me to stumble as, as, as someone that doesn't have, uh, the, the, the freedom to drink? I would say no. And yes, I think it's more the heart of Liberty as opposed to the knowledge of Liberty. Um, it's the heart of the matter, not the letter of it. Now, the letter yes. of it does play a role that obviously you start with knowledge, but I think the wisdom of it, I think the heart of it, you know, when you look at the heart of the matter, then honor kicks in rather than loyalty. Because right now I think it's, 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 an, it's a question of honor and loyalty. I'm going to be loyal to my freedoms. How about I honor my brother and just not do it because I know how he's going to feel if I do it. See right. what I'm saying? So I just think people, we, 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 get, we get caught up with this self-centered sense of loyalty. Very, very me, 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 me. Now I'm going to be loyal because I don't want nobody to take my liberty in Christ. Sure, sure, sure. Nobody takes my liberty in Christ. I give it up. Sure. Jesus yeah, said, I, I, nobody takes my life. I, I lay it down. So yeah. I give up my liberty when I have knowledge that potentially the weaker brother could be, literally could be, um, stumble do you, because they don't, they don't understand. They sure. don't understand do you, my liberty. Do you think Paul never ate meat again? Like, or do you think he was being hyperbolic in Romans 14? And at the end of, I actually, said, I actually, I don't know. And I can't answer that. And I'm not going to sit here and say, and okay. say that I do. I, I would say this. Paul is very clear as to what's our commandments of the Lord and what are consensions. Mm-hmm. I think consensions are temporary rules designed to correct behavior. Um, and I think we need to just make a distinction when he's speaking as a consension yes. um, or when he's speaking as a commandment. I think right now we're just at church as church people in Christendom. We mm-hmm. just the war that we're having is a war of consensions. I just think <laughs> what did Paul mean? 
I think that's sure. where the fight is. What did Paul mean? Sure. What did Paul mean? Sure. The well, goal the, is this. The... If I know my brother's going to get offended by me getting a tattoo of my wife on my arm mm -hmm. and me publicizing it, I'm just not going to promote it on Facebook. But that doesn't mean I won't get it privately. I just yeah. won't promote it. See what I'm saying? So yeah. I just, why? Sure. Because I'm, I'm, honoring, I'm honoring my brother and I'm denying myself. No one is taking my liberty. I'm willingly laying yeah. it down I, I, for the sake of the gospel. I love it, and I think your the heart is 100% accurate. I ask the knowledge of liberty um, it, being the same because I think that is something that is always pushed. Like someone knowing that Ruslan has a tattoo is the same as me causing someone to stumble and go get a tattoo. I don't think right. those are the same thing. I don't think those are even remotely the same thing, and here's why. Anyone, and, and again, this is where my heart for biblical literacy goes through. Anyone who sits with this scripture all the way through cover to cover will see multiple verses that affirm alcohol and multiple verses that speak out against alcohol. That it's, it's, a, it's a wide spectrum. And so I think this, this right. logic that if someone has knowledge of liberty uh, that is going to cause them to stumble falls apart when someone, the, the alcoholic gets saved, he's in AA, and all of a sudden he opens up the scriptures, Jesus is turning water into wine as his first miracle. Uh, right. That is knowledge of liberty. And then later on, you right. read a couple chapters later, and Jesus is being accused of drinking and eating food and being a, a drunkard, right? And so and there's right. some people that say, well, that was grape juice. That wasn't real alcohol. Uh, I, I, no, I think it was, that's, it was real wine. It wasn't okay. grape juice. <laughs> it was real wine. It wasn't grape juice. So then based on that logic, someone can legitimately make that same argument and say, well, Jesus caused me to stumble, and we know God doesn't tempt. We know God doesn't cause people to stumble, and we know Jesus having the liberty to drink alcohol or be around non-Christian people or be around, uh, you know, Pharisees, religious people. That the knowledge of that isn't causing someone to stumble. It's I think their right. own wicked heart and their own issues that's going to cause them to stumble. Unless I know for a fact that hey, this person. They come out of the occult. I'm not inviting them to my Halloween party. I'm not carving right. pumpkins in front of them. I'm not inviting right. them to church when the kids dress up. I'm not doing that because that's out of reverence and respect and laying down that liberty so that I don't flaunt it. But I don't know if someone knowing that I'm getting a tattoo next week is the same as me causing them to stumble. I, I think I think, I think think it's dangerous when we start conflating those things because we can literally go down anything. Now, I think that's wise on your part. And I, and I commend you for saying, hey, um, because of maybe your position as an apostle, because of your 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 platform, I'm going to lay down this liberty to post and share my location, or that me and my family just came out of seeing this movie, knowing that someone's going to find an issue with it and gripe about. It. I think I think that's amazing, and I think that's wise. However, um, if I go watch a movie. I right. may post it on my story. I may not post it on my story. Right. If I if I if I dress up with my family and we dress I, up, I as don't a have squad, that liberty. I don't have okay. that liberty to do right. that. And so 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 then the conversation becomes: right. Is it about positioning and someone's title? Me, maybe a bishop or an elder. They need to be a way above reproach, and they need to completely be mindful of that. Versus someone that's just a rapper, like KB is just a rapper. He's not posting something on Instagram of them getting a tattoo, thinking that someone's 
someone's going to take this and go get a tattoo on their face. He's just posting him getting a, a, a tattoo. I, I don't think, right? I think the intent also okay, matters. So now, now I, lo I love that you use that because that was my issue many years ago. Okay. okay now there's no, now KB, love KB. Actually, um, many, many of your viewers don't know this, that I'm part of the Christian hip hop community for many years. Uh, one of the first ones to interview Bizzle and Lecrae a long time ago. I, it's been a long time uh, since oh, I was doing since I was doing Christian hip hop, it's been more yeah. than 12, 13, 13 years. Now, here's my issue, because I had this issue with Flame a long time ago, gospel okay. rapper Flame from Clear yeah, Sight Music. And yep. he was the issue is, I don't have a problem for it, but I have a problem because my sheep listen to it. And the people that I'm okay. overseeing, they listen to it. So even yeah. though he could do it, I don't have an issue with him. The people that I am overseeing, they mm -hmm. follow him. So now when he posts, now I'm not saying that this is what he did, but with my issue with Flame, Flame a long post? time ago yeah, yeah, was yeah, when he released a track called uh -huh. Who Can Pluck Us. That was predestination. And I had an issue with that uh, because it was promoting Calvinism and my church was Pentecostal and 99% of my church was Flame fans. So what happened was that song was kind of guiding them to go towards that reformed theology, mm -hmm. which is what we're not into in this house. So I felt that why would you have to perpetuate your secondary doctrines on your music when we are supposed to be singing about Christ crucified? So I felt that I had to say something. Now I'm using this. Now me and Flame, we're cool now. We're, we're cool now. Yeah, Years later, yeah. I made Shout peace. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the issue is this. I don't have an issue with it, but if I have new believers that I had helped just uh, help them come to their faith and I'm discipling them and they like a KB mm -hmm. and then they might not be ready for that. Now KB though, his freedom is without him realizing it is being used against to against what I'm teaching in my church. So now me and KB got issues with uh, tattoos or whatever the case may be. So that's my issue is those of you that are watching, you have no idea the issues that you're putting pastors, the, the, the corner you're putting the pastors that listen to your music in because the churches that your fans attend are the opposite of what you believe. So they're getting tattoos with 116, not against, like I'm not against, I'm just using that as an example. But in our church where we preach against tattoos, now I'm fighting with a new believer, help get saved, because they're telling me why you ain't like Lecrae. Why you ain't like KB? And I'm like, what? Like, so now I have to sit here and have to go on a Sunday, yeah, do a yeah. message on tattoos. The yeah. issue is you're not affecting me, but you're affecting the people that I pastor. This is yeah. why. That's good. This, this is the reason why I don't promote my liberty. I think I said too much by saying that I do go to the movies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, because now if they attend an ultra conservative church that their pastor preaches against movies yeah. now yeah. i'm being compared to their pastor in some kind of meeting why you ain't like pagani now i'm getting the phone call or the email saying yo your your video that you did on going to the movies yeah. has caused this issue so now i have to have this conversation with this pastor that i've never met and yeah. the basis of our meeting is this issue that i think that we could have just refrained from promoting it so that's why yes. i'm saying sometimes i, I just think our liberties just I hear just you. keep and it think, to yourself and God. It's think, not control. It's honor and love for the weaker yeah. believer. I, I I hear you. I didn't I didn't factor in the past. That's that's a good that's a good angle. I think the difference may be that me or KB or whoever. I, I'm pretty sure KB is not an elder in his church. I'm not an elder in my church. No, we love artists, KB. 
yeah, we're artists, we're creatives, we're people online who are sharing our thoughts and someone's into Reformed theology, they're gonna write songs about Reformed theology. Isn't the inverse of that true though? Meaning that if I make a video and I go, hey guys, um, me and my wife, we watch Squid Game. Uh, if, you, if you're if you offended by violence and, and all these things, don't watch it. I don't recommend you watch it. I literally opened my video with this. this I got this from you before you even told me about it, which was, uh, what does it give a disclaimer? Uh, I right. give a good disclaimer. Yeah. And then I go, here's what we can learn from Squid Game. And I, give a, and I give a parallel to this. And what happens is the folks from the Isaiah Saldivar camp and, and the folks from the, the Demon Slayer camp go, well, it's demonic. You should never watch it. Hey, listen, uh, I didn't ask you for your opinion on if should Christians watch it or not. I'm saying there's a bunch of Christians that watch it and here's some application in the scripture that of some value we could extract from it even right. though yes it's problematic isn't that the same thing because now you're you're got you're not you but like the people right. that are rocking with you guys are coming from my throat telling right. me and i was like yo i give it this disclaimer i said you probably if you have a weak conscience don't watch it if you don't like violence don't watch it i watched it there's a bajillion people here that did watch it and there's a right. bajillion people that are going to click into this video who are going to just see the thumbnail and it's an opportunity for me to share the gospel with them it's my freedom isn't that the same exact thing i would say yes this is why okay. i I would say yes, because people have an issue with me growing my beard. Man, I'm a grown man. I'm 47. <laughs> I can grow a beard if I want. What the heck are you talking about? People be in my inbox talking about you need to shave it, look presentable. <laughs> nah, man, like, I'm not going to shave my beard. My, you know, like, what the heck? You know, like, yeah. so at, I guess in, it, it, it's a case-by-case -case scenario. Right. Because somebody can say I, your beard is causing them to stumble, and how dare yeah. you even have a beard? Yes, because ultra-conservative Pentecostal Christians, primarily the culture from where I come from, um, the men, and especially those in the clergy, should have clean, clean shaven. See what I love I'm your saying? beard, by the way, and everybody here loves your beard. I'm watching the chat. The chat's going crazy for your beard. <laughs> you know, so I guess at this point, it's one of those give or takes. Like, we just... It's one of those, you know, uh, dead horses that I guess we're just right. never just going to really agree. But I would say this, um, as people of influence, especially you and I, not maybe those in the, in the chat room or those who will watch this on a replay, we can't, you and I cannot be afford to be like Charles Barkley, not, and no shade to Charles Barkley, but there was a, years ago when he said, I ain't nobody's role model, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I'm not, unfortunately, yeah. we are people's role model, either directly or indirectly. Yes. Now, as far as someone questioning um, our salvation and the motives, no, we held accountable, one, to the word of God, two, to the spirit of the living God, God living inside of us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, Amen. obviously. And then we're held to the confines of an ecclesiastical community of believers, whether that's in the context of a church or Absolutely. whether like a, like a home group or, or even an online community. But then that distinguishes us because at that moment, we are our brother's keeper. I think Paul was more emphasizing that we are our brother's keeper. But yeah. as far as like in every scenario, yeah. I'm sure that we're all going to offend somebody sure. just somewhere. I am sure that there are people that follow me or follow the Demon Slayers group that feel that I'm not going hard enough in this interview, that I should be blasting you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blasting is for little babies. Come on. Blasting is for little Gen Z, little kitty kitty little willy wonka christians adults have great conversation Amen. of exchange of ideas Amen. without questioning my i'm never questioning whether 
Ruslan is a Christian or a carnal Christian. Yeah. That's Gen Z, TikTok theologian, YouTube millennial conspiracy theorist, daddy issue Christians. I don't deal with that stuff. Me yeah. and Ruslan, we're probably bipolar opposites on a lot of stuff, but we are having a really great yeah. conversation yeah. of differences of ideas, but I know where to meet him because there are some stuff that I can't be dogmatic about. Because sure. if it's like that, if I'm gonna condemn Halloween, then I gotta condemn Christmas. But I would yeah. say this, I was that father that did not celebrate Christmas. I just started celebrating Christmas two years ago at the birth of my granddaughter. Wow. I, but years for years, my children don't have, you know, around the campfire because I was blasting that Tammuz, yeah. anti-birth of the sun god winters. My children have no memory wow. of December 25th. But once you kind of become older and you become a father in the faith, your salvation gets intact and you don't get caught up with some of these minor tangents and yeah. some of these smaller stuff. And I said, you know what? My kids ain't get raised like that, but... I would sure like to have some memories with my grandbaby, yeah, you know, yeah. who is now two. And for the first time, when I told my wife, I said, uh, I think we're going to put up a Christmas tree. She was like, what? She, and you know what they told me? Uh, we've been wanting to do this, but <laughs> we, we, we wanted to do But you were, you tie everything, you know? So at so, this so, point, I don't even care. But guess yeah. what? Guess what? I would never post a picture of my Christmas tree. Why? Because my liberality and my li my 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 my, my yeah. freedom in Christ is between me and my family. Amen. Do you see what Amen. I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I think I think that's there's that's, no winning that's, here. Yeah, I think that's an amazing value. And you you're right in that the internet is this whole new endeavor that we're not we've never even like this is uncharted territory because this is like 50 years ago, you would go to the church that was in your neighborhood and you would have to then choose between the charismatic one or the Baptist one. Or the Now you can pull up your slice of whatever you want from whatever and people will listen to it. And I think I'm in this position where I, I'm genuinely, um, and, and this is this is oddly enough KB's critique of me, is he's like, man, uh, I forgot what the word he was he used, ecunerism, where I'm like too unified for the church, because it was like one day Marcus Rogers called me, I got off to him, Marcus Rogers, and KB called me right after, and I was, and he's like, yo, that's great, like, what, like you just talk to everybody, and so my thing is, I, li I listen, and then I go, you know what, no, 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 no. I think you have to hear Isaiah in long form to understand what he means about that word demonization, oppressed versus puzzled. I think you got to hear him out longer. I think you got to hear uh, uh, Pastor uh, Alex on what does he mean by the word apostle. It's not what you think. So I'm I'm in this interesting spot where a lot of times I'm kind of doing like the behind the scenes uh, defending of people, right? And, uh, right. And, and so, and that's why I'm so grateful that you're here. And even that what you Which were- Which is why uh, I listen to you. I wouldn't yeah. listen to you if I felt you were carnal and lukewarm. I wouldn't, I, right. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put your broadcast into my spirit, uh, right. as my spiritual nourishment or my encouragement. If I didn't feel that you were double-minded and dipping, diving into both ways. Yeah. No, I hear your heart. I know exactly what you are me 15 years ago, uh, where I tried at the beginning of Christian hip hop when 
podcasting was there and it was me and Wade all doing radio shows. Mm-hmm. I was you years ago trying to be trying to make make it balanced, except that back then it was a bit different because uh, the reformed camp was primarily dominant they were, within. They ran CH- everything back then. <laughs> right. So I was sitting here arguing with a Lecrae and then yeah. I got into an argument with Pro at that time. Yeah. Uh, he was, which is Derek Minor, you know, and others. And back at that time, Andy Mino was Sea Light and others. Mm-hmm. And, and I was sitting there trying to, you know, trying to trying to let everyone know like, hey, man, let's meet each other halfway. And it just it, it, it couldn't be done because unless yeah. you were reformed, you yeah. know, and unless, you know, so it was like the reform camp against yeah. me, Richie Righteous, Corey Red, mm-hmm. the New York mm-hmm. Pentecostal, because if you notice, mm-hmm. it was two camps within Christian hip hop. It was the Pentecostals and yep. then it was the reform camp, you yep. know, and, and yep. it just kind of yep. like and nobody won. Nobody yeah. won because I think in our last conversation, well, a lot of our friends, most of them either are backslidden and not in church and it, and legalism and extreme libertarianism does cause Christians to stumble both 100%. in the good or the bad. We can't say 100%. you're super legalistic, you're going to end up in the world, but a lot of legalistic people do end up in the world. In the world and we yeah. can't sit here and say the free Christian is they're going to understand grace. Sometimes they, they embrace grace so much that they mix new age with it and they go off into something else. So Come on. It, just, Come on. it is what so, it is. It is so, what it so is. I, th- I, think you're, I think you're totally spot on and I think the conversations I'm having, much like you were having conversations with Dr. Jeremiah um, about holding him accountable, that I'm having conversations behind the scenes of like, bro, you got to stop smoking weed. Like, I don't care how much liberty you think you have. That's not okay. Hey, uh, you got you can't go to a non-Christian therapist. You just We're just not doing that. Hey, this whole bit about chakras and all, all these shenanigans, like you got you got to cut that stuff out like that. So I'm having that conversation with folks on the more right. liberal end of the spectrum. Um, hey, like, like you really think it's okay for you to cuss whenever you want to like you got to chill out like and take that out of your music or at least make a clean version you're gonna say the n-word i'm not gonna listen to you right so those are the conversations i'm having with folks on my end of the spectrum and then the other end of the spectrum is like uh you know this is a good conversation you gotta you gotta consecrate you gotta consecrate i'm like I'm, that's me. I am, that's why I come I, in. I come yeah, in and I'm, say, you got to consecrate, you yeah. carnal Christian, and clean that <laughs> mouth of yours through the word of God. <laughs> right? And I'm like, look, look, my, 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 my day-to-day life is like Ned Flanders. Like, I am the, the hip-hop Ned Flanders. Like, my life is extremely boring. I don't really listen to much of music, let alone secular music. And when I do listen to music, it's mainly Fred Hammond and all, you know, gospel music. And and me and my wife watch Netflix shows and I'll watch the Dave Chappelle special when it comes out every year. That is like, well, and I keep up with media and culture because it makes me sharper at this, this, this craft that we're doing here. So, so I think that, I think that the misunderstanding of that, and so, and then again, to go back to the, to the fitness illustration, which I know we got off that, I'm of the mind where I'm like, hey, let's get you doing more of the right things Let's get right. you into my how to study the Bible course at mastermydevo.com. Let's get you actually in the Bible and learning the Bible for yourself. Let's get you in a local church. Let's get you waking up earlier so you can get up and do your devotional and and, and do something active and start your day right so you're not up late at night because mostly like right. you when you're up late at night, you're going to look at porn or you're going to eat something you shouldn't eat and it's bad, right? So I'm right. of the mind of like, let's do the things we should be known by. Let's do the things you should be doing and then... Right. Your conscience is going to rebuke you and be like, you can't, no, you right. can't look at that anymore. You can't listen to that and, anymore. And you can't I'm do on that anymore. The other, 
and I'm on the other side of that. I'm the Nathan the prophet. I will come because okay. when you when you when Christians ignore their conscience, as we all do, you need someone to come alongside and say, David, you are that man. You're the yeah. one that killed Uriah. You're the one that's messing you need up. Both. Yeah, exactly. So I yes. come along and I'm in your face in my videos and I'm saying that's the devil and yeah. that'll open the door and then you need to repent. I yeah. believe that. You need an Old Testament, just like you need a New Testament. That's good. All right. That's good. So I believe. I agree. That's where we're I, at. Yeah, I think I think that's good. And hopefully, I mean, I don't, listen. I don't. I don't. I don't know how many ways to say it. I enjoy your content. There's things that we disagree with theologically, but I consider you a friend. I, I would think that if we were in each other's cities, we'd probably hang out. Same thing for Isaiah. Same thing for Marcus Rogers. Like I, I could disagree with people and still find unity and alignment because that, right. that's I believe what we're called to. Um, right. And I and I and I. And I'd encourage you guys, like, don't go off of the hot take misunderstanding of what's like, don't create a, um, a caricature of what you think someone that calls the apostle, the title of apostle means actually hear them out, right? Like deliverance, like hear them out um, right. and, and be and be open to it. Um, now, I want to get into this last bit. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say on this before we move on to, no, to, to my favorite video of yours? No, listen, this has been, I'm reading the comments in the chat room and I can tell that this conversation is so fruitful by way, by the way that people are responding in that room. And I'm, I'm really enjoying this great dialogue that we're having. Now, let me say this, I will say this and I'll, and I'll give you this, give you this point. I do think that sometimes we do do things intentionally to poke the bear, um, right. to, 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 to someone's built a Christian audience, they're a rapper, they got this Christian audience, they're tired of just being a Christian rapper, so they're doing things to intentionally poke the bear. And I think right. that's not good, and I've had those conversations with the Lecrae's and with the Andes, and you know, and other brothers have had those so conversations. That goes back into church hurt. That, that yes. goes back into yes. the church hurt of the yes. trauma of some sort of rejection Come from on. their peers or from the good old boys club. Let's just be honest, and this is for those of you within Christian hip hop, you know, um, after all these years, the church still hasn't really embraced Christian hip hop. So here we are still in the other end trying yep. to trying yep. to get it accepted. So I get why rappers are just anybody would leave and become disenfranchised with the established Christian church, you know, and then sit here and and trying to like poke at them yep. for not being more open to right. this form of urban ministry. I get it. But but it's kind of like what I say. I said you could be known for doing two things, doing things on purpose or doing things because of purpose. Come on. Now, I know what it's like to do things on purpose where I would poke, I, I would poke, I would prod, I would I would stir the hardest nest. As a matter of fact, when I was doing Christian hip hop, I was known as Mr. Pentecostal controversy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I would purposely do it. And that was because at that time I was dealing with the hurt that my Pentecostal denomination mm. that I was a part of was saying that I was the devil and that Christian yeah. hip hop was the devil and that yeah. you couldn't bring that into church. So I went out of my way to prove that I could bring this into my church. So I had graffiti in my church. And, yeah. and then after a while, you kind of grow up out of that. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, um, this is not pleasing me. And I was like, but why? We, we, we got a whole movement going on mm. here. He said, because you're busy doing things on purpose and not letting it flow because of purpose. Because of purpose. And it just, That's it so just, good. It just kind of dawned on me. Basically like this, doing things on purpose is a gimmick, which means you're just doing it for the sake of whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you're being yourself, then you're doing things because of purpose, which means I'm not trying to start anything. This is who I am. This is what yeah. I do. See yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. it ends up 
becoming attraction. You could get two crowds when you do that. When you do things on purpose, you get comrades, not fans and followers, which means people that are for what you are against. But when you do things that people are, uh, when you do things because of purpose, you get people that are confidants, which means people are aligned with what mm. you are for. And you yeah. find that sometimes both are kind of needed to some degree, you know what I'm saying? But the one that outshines at last the most is being known what you are for Amen. as opposed to what you are against or what yes. you're trying to like get the body of Christ to kind of get some sort of conversation going. Shock jock works to a degree, yeah. but then I'd rather have people listen in because we're having an intelligent conversation Absolutely. and not listening for shock value to see, let's see what he says now, as yeah. opposed to let's see what he says that I could be fed with because I like Amen. the way this guy thinks. Amen. And, and I would say, I can't speak for anybody but myself. I would say in my creative process, when I posted a photo of me and my son dressed up as Toon Squad, that was just something that we did. I thought it was a fun photo. I posted it. I didn't give it a ton of thought and I just kept it pushing. And then the comments started coming in. I said, like, okay, I, I'm going to have to do a stream on this. Let me, and you saw some of the comments, right? Like you saw some of the, <laughs> the over the top stuff. So I, you know, did, did my part, explained it, but it wasn't coming from a place of hurt. I've been at the same church for 20 years. I've been under the same right. leadership. I got, I got, our church flows in the prophetic. I don't have any gripes with the church. I love the local church. I'm always telling people to get plugged into the local church. So my issue isn't with the local church, but I can make videos agnosium about legalism and just all my content be just dunking on legalism. But then to your point, it wouldn't be creating people that are for what I'm for and creating confidence. It would be just having a bunch of people who are here to do, you know, to be against something. And I, we, we both agree that that's not what we're here for. We want to do stuff of, this is what I'm for. This is what we and should what be known by. What happens when you do that, Ruslan, and if you don't mind me just what I love about you is, is that you're always able and willing to be held accountable, even online and even me, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm not above, above reproach, but I would say this, that yes, sometimes your content, um, your view of whatever it is that triggered whatever situation, sometimes it bleeds out into the content that you, and then what happens is people cherry pick those broadcasts and overlook right. some of the more ones that are really good that I'm like, man, he nailed it on this particular broadcast, right. but those tend to get the lesser views. Right. And then the other ones tend to go out. And then what happens is you get a generation of people uh, with specs, uh, with logs in their eye, trying to take out your spec. Right. So now you just got a whole room and a whole view, group of listeners right. with logs in their eye trying to tell you about, you know, this, this and that, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, I, and, I yes. know, and I know what that is because in the early days of me trying to promote deliverance, I was doing that. Like I literally mm. was, I, I literally was, you know, like I would say things like pastors, what, you don't want to help people get free? Then you mm. ain't no real pastor. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I would drive point and I would show scripture. You know, so scripture, you know, years later now, I, I, I just don't have no time for yeah. that. Let's just go help people get free, Amen. you know, and I'm just more mindful that now, and it's, it, it, it's unfortunate that I have to do this, but I think we probably need to speak more in disclaimers. You yeah. know, if, yeah. if TV networks do that and if, other serious radio and these other they, they they have this disclaimer that says the views of this particular broadcast does not necessarily reflect those of the network um you know then why aren't christians doing that we just blast people with our truth without telling people at least a little bit more like get ready because in this broadcast 
it's going to be rough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, think good. that we should do that a little bit more. That's, that's what it. I'm doing now. Yeah. And I'm getting phenomenal results with that because yeah. I'm having the anti-deliverance person listening. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great gym. And I think that's a great point. And before we move on, I don't, guys, we're not going to jump into deliverance. If you want to hear the deliverance conversation, <laughs> hear, hear them from them. And, or you could check out my interview with Isaiah, which I thought was great. I thought he gave a really good argument for deliverance. You agree with it, disagree with it, demonization. You go to that. That's, I think it's, a, I actually think it's a semantics conversation. But right. um, the last point I want to make it's a, homonym, is, it's a homonym conversation. It is. It, it's it really, is. It's, it's, it's an argument on the origin of, of the word possess. Yes. You can have the word possess as an owned by, or you can yeah. have the word possess mean I'm carrying. So the yes. deliverance ministry, just to throw a nugget, we're not saying, that a Christian can be demon possessed. So stop saying that. That's a that's a war of words of a homonym. It means the same word, but it has two different meanings. The real deliverance ministry, we're talking about in possession of, not owned by. So, but yes, go watch. Good. Go, go watch yeah, go the watch other that. broadcast and, and, on that. And I think, and I think, I've even, I mean, I've sat with some of your stuff. I think you do a great job. You did a video on the possibility of Satan getting into your thoughts or demons getting into your thoughts. I remember watching that. And I, and even the way you, the script, you, when you provide scripture, and then you're very delicate with the things you do or don't say, and you say you, you present it as this is a possibility, not that this is happening. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. So guys, go watch them at that. Um, you you mentioned the log versus the spec, right? The log versus the spec in the eye. At what point is it appropriate, or to you, is it appropriate to maybe call out those brothers that do have the log versus the spec? Meaning that, like, I think if you went and saw a movie and it was, uh, and you posted a photo, I wouldn't have an issue with it. I think if, if I'm, if I take a photo in front of a Christmas tree and somebody somewhere is going to be quote unquote cost to cost to be angry about that, I don't think. I think at some point, do we not have some degree of responsibility of saying, guys, let's have just scales, let's hear each other out, and let's right. and let and let's not um, call out specks in people's eyes without actually hearing their full heart on something. And, right. and that's the last part I want to talk about this whole thing because I, I want to move on to my favorite video of yours. But yeah, okay. So let 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 me just establish this: that as Christians, we're called to be led, not driven. So I think the idea of confronting or the idea of confronting has to be, I genuinely believe that uh, we are a people of presence. The Holy Spirit will lead us when we should confront somebody. So I think yeah. that my, my issue is if we're driven to always confront somebody. And I think people are confronting for the sake of being known as a confronter. And I think people can kind of discern that real fast. Like you're not looking for dialogue. You just want to be known that you ain't scared to say it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I think that you know that there's a thin line you know when 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 you know when it comes when it comes to that now as far as you know what to do when there's a when there's an actual uh, time to do that i think it just kind of goes back to and many you know it just depends on the severity of that which the bible condemns if it's like an argument arguing with your spouse I'm not going to say nothing. I don't keep walking. Don't argue with your spouse. But if it's like a topic of like racism and immigration where the Bible says love the foreigner or mm -hmm. some of the more high, then I think at that moment, um, I think spare not lift up like lift up thy voice like a trumpet in Zion, especially if you're a person of influence to at least help 
us half the conversation, yeah. you know, which I wasn't opposed to what, what, what went on last year. I, as a matter of fact, I was glad that we were having that conversation. But I also realized, and this is to, you know, just not faulting my own. I, I'm, I'm evangelical. The church, unfortunately, it's not a safe place to have hard conversation. It's mm. just not safe right now. Like I know what I find it's more safer to do it online mm. because it's just safer online to actually do it in person. Because when we do it in person, group think controls us. Uh, we start picking a side. When you're online, it's just you on your computer, the Holy Spirit and those listening. But when you're in the presence of a group of believers in a room and we're going to have this hard conversation, I promise you. Uh, group think will kick in and the conversation will end up swaying into picking a side. Um, and it just, we, we'll just kind of dance around the same topic. Yes. I just don't think that the church is ready yet. Um, I think we should do it, keep trying, because then we'll yeah. never do it. I just haven't seen it being done really successful because then we end up having the conversation and somebody says, white blessing. Like mm. right in the middle of that conversation, like what? <laughs> like what? Like and then that, now, now, now watch this. The whole the whole meeting sabotaged by that one comment. One comment. That one yes. comment threw yes. the whole thing off. Why? Yeah. Because the church. I think people need to be vetted before we actually get in that room and have that conversation yeah. like be careful of saying this don't say that be yeah. mindful of this so we go in there and i and i'm sure that maybe in that person's mind i'm sure they wasn't saying it from a place of malicious intent right but man you still said that it came off and man. now and now the conversation of what we were trying to accomplish now nobody's talking about the conversation we're talking about that statement yeah, and then yeah. when, and now we're bashing why he didn't say nothing in defense yeah. of it or anti so so for, so that's what happens when we yes. get together yes. and we haven't been vetted now here's what's crazy and this is gonna sound really really crazy but sometimes i think being vetted probably shouldn't be done by a christian and i know i'm gonna get condemned for that uh -oh. i think we should have someone that is like non-christian but that is uh neutral in having debate and conversation to be able to say because even the christian debater moderator is has their own view and they're indirectly gonna pick a side i think sometimes mm. it's better to just have someone that says listen i come as a non-side guy or gal mm -hmm. this is how we're gonna have this conversation don't bring up yeah. this because you church yeah. people bring that up a lot and you non-church people bring a lot don't say mm -hmm. this and and then kind of be vetted to be able to sit and have a real conversation um to be able to start the process of bringing some sort of yeah. apostolic change within the church but that's yeah, another I, conversation I, for another I, day. I think that's a i think that's a great point i think for me when people start jumping into questioning people's salvation when people start jumping into uh just creating a version because because christianity is this it's this pursuit of holiness like it's be holy right. as i am made holy right and so i think it, th there needs to be this pursuit of holiness but i think that the, the the bummer part is when you create this version that's like you're walking on eggshells and it reminds me of colossians too right don't eat don't touch don't do this don't do right. that don't do that and i think that's the part where i'm like 
this, in my opinion, this generation needs a healthy, balanced version of, no, you don't get to watch and do whatever you want, but at the same time, you also don't need to walk outside and be afraid that every single thing is going to get you. The world's out to get you, right? Which kind of brings me to the next point, which I loved about your video, my favorite video of you guys. I've shared it. Uh, people got mad at me for sharing it. Uh, people <laughs> called me when I shared it. Uh, your video on the Mark of the Beast, which th it's on YouTube. I want you guys to watch it. And you spent the first, I think, maybe five, ten minutes just About breaking minutes. down every time Christians have gotten the mark of the beast, the end days, wrong. And you even missed one. I don't know if you know this, but you even missed Chuck Smith predicting that Jesus was going to come back. The the, the, the Calvary Chapel uh, Bible, well, I, was, famous I, Bible I wasn't going to get, I, I, I didn't forget it. I personally chose to stay away from dropping names because That's I could have, okay. I could have personally enough. dropped a lot of names because I've yeah, been yeah. saved for thirty years. I got <laughs> saved in nineteen ninety two, so I could drop a lot of names. Yeah. The idea of Mark of the Beast—it's a trendy topic that has existed since the, the 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 resurgence and renaissance of modern technology. We've been fighting this thing since the early thirties, and every six or seven years, when society advances into something, it ends up becoming some sort of connection to the mark of the beast. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't, because I'm sure that internet will play a role to some degree with, you know, that everybody can see the two prophets get killed in the book of Revelation chapter 11. That sounds like the internet, but to sit here and say that the origin of these advances are birthed by Lucifer themselves, you know, that kind of goes back into what we've been arguing about tattoos and and you know that i think that's a legalistic statement to say that i don't think that that's true does it play a role yes is it absolute answer i, I think absolutely not only yeah. only this present uh internet uh social media trained schooled people only they kind of adhere to so to some of that stuff does it hold true to some stuff yes is yeah. it that that's the way that it is that there is a one percent global elite trying to take us out uh no but are there global elite trying to take us out yes uh but that's been around since day one pharaoh was a hitler hitler was mm -hmm. a hitler stalin was a hitler did you catch what i'm saying so yeah. every 10 so years it kind of comes back can you go over some of the ones that were the most egregious that the church got it wrong on that people don't even have the context for because uh, I, th I thought that was amazing and and you tied it into the modern times and everybody's freaking out about the vaccine everybody's freaking out about this freaking out about that but you said in the course of history this is in the last hundred years of america this is not something that is uncommon this has actually happened multiple times right you know there's one that sticks out by far first there's about 10 10 things um and i can go more from the idea of that the Pope himself is the Antichrist. So in the early 60s and 70s, when the Jesuit order and the Catholic Church was kind of connected to some of the more world wars, there was the church was blasting and saying that the Antichrist was the embodiment of the Pope and the Vatican. Now, is the Vatican Antichrist or has an Antichrist spirit? I would say um, anything that is opposed to the efficacy of the centrality of Christ himself 
himself as the only means for salvation is antichrist. So if they throw in Virgin Mary, that makes them antichrist. Wink, wink. All right. Then as the years progress, you had the Christian church saying that the presidents of the United States were some form of antichrist. So you had people saying President George Bush Sr. I was there for that. I wasn't a Christian, but they were saying he's the antichrist because of his involvement with the Kuwait war and what was going on over there. And then when Obama took office, people were saying abomination, doing word plays there. And then he was the antichrist. <laughs> but there was two that stick out that, that I felt that where we really missed it is the WWW and the barcode. The bar, I was alive when items were just item numbers. And then you had what is called uh, barcodes. You had these little symbols here. Mm -hmm. I was there when the church, and not just the church, but just, you know, society themselves was saying that this is a form, you know, of the Antichrist where everything you can't buy and sell without it. And bingo, we kind of maybe missed it there. Now, will this play at the form of the end times? Probably so, because everything is registered digitally. And then when the www dot came out, I was there. When I married my wife, there was no internet, right? Um, they were saying that it meant 666. So we have a problem here, Houston, because you're watching this program in which you are being blessed. So the vehicle of the <laughs> devil is now being used to take people from the devil. You see right. what I'm saying? So the church was blasting, literally kind of blasting that throughout the years. And, and don't let me get started on, you know, the seat belt. Um, mm -hmm. I was there when um, modern civilization, we didn't have to wear a seat belt. I do remember when the government was saying, you must wear a seat belt and then they came up with catchy phrases you know uh click it or ticket you know and um and i remember that there was campaigning against you know the government don't control us to wear seat belts and uh and guess what <laughs> we wear now here's what's crazy is this present generation doesn't know this because they were born wearing seat belts but you don't know that 20, that 30 years ago, there was fighting about the seatbelts like we're fighting about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. They were fight. There was literal fights about it. You yep. were just born and seatbelts is is what is. It wasn't like this 35 years ago. I was there. All right. And every year there's this some sort of advancement and then within modern years is CERN and you know and then what's going on and you know all this other stuff and um and what i have noticed is unfortunately and i hate to say this and i'm evangelical and i'm fundamental and i'm pentecostal and i'm an apostle and i'm a recognized influential voice but and i could say this freely because i'm within that camp is we've gotten it wrong more than we've gotten it right and then what happens is when someone non-Christian or Christian holds us accountable, you know, we bash them or we do what people that get it wrong do. They disappear. So guess what? The people that got it wrong last year, you won't be seeing them until it's time for the elections again. Mm. That's what the church does. We get it wrong. Nobody can hold us accountable. And I'm part of the Christian church. We just disappear. And then mm. we get mad at the Ruslans and the Paganis and the others that try to hold us accountable. Now, I could understand those on the outside holding us accountable. But the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 6 talks about that God 
God holds us accountable to judge those within, which mm -hmm. means we are to judge ourselves before yeah. they judge us. So we need people to hold us accountable. Oh, but it's okay. You know, okay. Now I'm not one of those. Now let me just, in all fairness, I'm not one of those to believe that if a, a presupposed prophet gets it wrong, that makes them false. We can argue about theology with that one. I think New Testament prophets can mess up and miss it and get it wrong, but we can argue about that. And I get it. If you say, no, you get it wrong once, that's it, you're a false prophet. I don't agree with that. All right. Um, I think there's a biblical premise for mistakes being made. I just believe that they should be honest when they, when they get it wrong and, and try not to get it wrong. But the issue is this, is um, we should not be getting it wrong, period. That's the answer. The issue is no, but God is okay. New Testament, a New Testament prophet could get it wrong. Yes, I agree with that, but you should not be getting it wrong. You should not be getting it wrong, period. Not once or twice. Now, will you get it wrong? Ideally, yes. But should you? You should not. Why? Because the standard, the prophetic office is an office like the apostolic office. It is an office of succession. Under the Old Testament, you could not get it wrong. In the New yeah. Testament, you should not be getting it wrong. You see what I'm saying? Old yeah. Testament, you could not get it wrong. New Testament, you should not get it wrong. Now watch this. Am I saying you're false? Absolutely not. Because most of the prophets that got it wrong last year are my personal friends. I didn't call them and say, you false prophet, hang up the mic. You don't need to do it. No, what I did say is, uh, baby, you need to say sorry and not get it wrong. Come and on. why did you get it wrong? And most of them told us that they were, un they were either under some sort of American nationalism and not biblical, or I even had one prophet who got it wrong that re repented, literally told me that he might have been under the spirit of witchcraft. Now, what am I going to do? Condemn them for Sheesh. eternity? For their admission? <laughs> for their admission? No. What the Bible says. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, You who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of weakness, unless you yourself fall. Today they fail. Tomorrow it could be you. Do you see mm, what I'm saying? So yeah. that was my issue with the video is I'm saying what needs to be said because I'm a person of authority that can say it. And I did it in the spirit of humility, but I also did it with the mantle like a Nathan the prophet because sometimes at that moment it's not what I am for. It's what I am against. I am Come against on. you getting it wrong. And one more thing, for those of you prophets that are watching, do me a favor. Don't get it wrong in the next elections. That's what I'm against. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! That's how oh, Pagani man. does it. Pagani bomb. I love it. Before we get out of here, um, I said this in terms of being known by what we're for you you we talked about this on the last stream i wanted you to i wanted you to take us out with this idea of being known by what we're for firefighters instead of police officers um and yes we need both but by and large you you had the scripture tie-in from jude that uh that that as folks are leaving this stream hopefully they're leaving edified hopefully they're leaving encouraged i want you to take us out with that that little revelation because me and you were saying the same thing and then you hit me with a voice note of that 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 that, that revelation and i was like oh this is this is so good i had you say it on the on the other video but i wanted you to take us out with that okay so there are there are primary two human agencies that society is at least maintained by you have policemen and then you have firemen. Mm -hmm. Now, f policemen are known for what they are against. Firemen are known for what they are for. Now, what do I mean by that is this, is when I'm in a fire, 
I don't need someone to come and condemn me that my house is on fire. I need mm-hmm. a fireman to come and save me out of the fire. And then we can argue about what caused the fire. Mm-hmm. The reason why we are seeing police reform is that people are against what people are against. You don't see, you don't see a reform in this country for firemen. Not are firemen just as have issues as well? Yes, they do. If you really yes. break it down, you do. But when, but people, when they are desperate and in need of saving, they want a fireman to show up. Come on. And what does the Bible actually say that we are to be? It actually says in the book of Jude, verse 14, it says, hating their garments stained with sin mm-hmm. and plucking them out of the fire. King James actually says, snatching them out of the fire, which means under the Old Testament, there was a requirement to be policemen. Under the New Testament, we are demanded to be firemen, which means we are to help people get out of the fire Come on. and then argue with them about what caused the fire. So Come I believe on. that that's the issue that we're having now. We got people that wanna that are presupposed policemen when God wants you to be a fireman and help people get saved as opposed to condemning and upholding the law. Now, they're both needed, but scripture actually is telling us the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4 says we are not We are ministers of reconciliation, firemen, not of the letter, policemen, for the letter killeth, policemen, but the spirit gives life, firemen. Mm. Mm. Come on. Come on, somebody. Man, this is a great conversation. Guys, we covered it all. Listen, 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 listen. Um, There's going to be things that we say that we disagree with, and that's okay. The issue is, can we come together and be unified and aligned on the essentials of the gospel? And that is why um, I love Pastor Alexander, and I'm so grateful that he's here. And I'm so grateful you extended me an invite onto your channel, because let's let's be honest, you're kind of crushing Facebook right now. It's a whole other stratosphere, so we're going to figure that out. Uh, but I'm so, I'm so grateful. Uh, thank you for having my back, even though it did cost you some backlash. Um, and then yet being firm in this conversation on the areas we disagree on. And I think that's great. Um, is there any final words you want to say before you, before we get out of here? No, other than that, I had been meaning to get on this show for quite some time because I live my name. My name is Alexander. It means defender of mankind. And when I see some viewers that maybe are a little bit more on the immature or misinformed side um, and they begin to question uh, the intent of your heart or the intent of your worldview without realizing who you are, you know, there's something inside of me that boils because I know your heart. You know, um, I, I watch your stuff. You know, I get fed from your program. So I had been wanting to come on for quite some time um, and align my name with yours in the sense of that I believe in Ruslan. I believe in what he is, what he is doing. He is a solid uh, lover of Jesus. He is not a carnal Christian. He is not a lukewarm Christian. Uh, maybe those of you that are listening, maybe you're just a lukewarm listener, or maybe you're a lukewarm lack Jeez. of investigator. Maybe mm. you should investigate more to see if whether he really is lukewarm. But because we are lukewarm investigators, we just take one video and say the brother, the brother is false. Um, maybe you just, maybe you just don't have a work ethic to really investigate to see his heart. Um, I've been praying. I said, Lord, open a door. 
open a door so that way I could get on because I know what's there. I know what God is doing and I know what you're doing and I think you're doing a great thing and God is blessing you and God would not have allowed you to get to these level of subscribers unless he trusted you with content to help people be edified. Now, does it now does your programming minister to some of the more fundamental or some of the more apostolic and prophetic circuits? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, it might not. It might not. But I am part of that crowd. And I find yeah. that me and my wife, we listen to you regularly on our way to church. We put you on and we be listening. And wow. and I hear I hear your heart. Believe it or not, I, I'm a fan. I, I subscribe. So I, wow. I've been praying for, for God to allow me to come. Why? Because, number one, we are our brother's keeper. Um, and number two, the scripture, uh, I want to be a Barnabas. Mm. I want to be a son of consolation while people were condemning the Paul uh, because the church felt, bro, you just got here. What about, what about these Gentiles? The church mm. didn't want to embrace Paul. It wasn't mm. until a Barnabas came and extended his right hand of fellowship and say, no, he, he's, he's one of us, that the church actually embraced the Paul. So I mm. feel that me coming here um, is a display of my right hand of fellowship. So that way people can kind of calm down and really take time to hear you like a Paul, not saying that you are Paul, because, you know, people say, right. said he's like a Paul, you know, because you it's know how these Gen Z, thing again. <laughs> you know, they, they clip this, you know, like, you know, but right. But. What would have happened if the church had remained anti-Paul because they didn't trust Paul? They didn't understand mm. his ministry. They didn't know where you were coming from. You persecuted the church, you know. But thank God, as a son of consolation, my job is to reconcile. And I mm. believe that this conversation is reconciling the people that follow my circuit so that way they can kind of calm down. And the goal is for me, for one thing, to for people to grow up, for listeners to grow up. Yeah. Adults have good conversation you don't have to prove you don't have to prove you're right the display of that is actually a sign of immaturity i didn't agree with everything that ruslan said today i stood my ground i'm anti-halloween i'm anti-tattoos but i but i am pro love my brother i am pro let's meet where we do agree Amen. so i think that you guys can benefit I'm just enjoying a great podcast from another brother, from a man of God. And the foot cannot say to the eye, I don't need you because you don't walk right. But the eye can't say to the foot, uh, I don't need you because you don't see right. Mm. We need each other, man. Like we need each other. And until we all grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thank Amen. you for having me on. Guys, thank you for having me. On. Pastor Bragani, thank you so much. This was incredible. Make sure you guys go subscribe to his channel if you guys want a free how to study the Bible course. The link is in the description, mastermydevo.com. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Mainstream entertainment. Ruslan. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Remember to hit that like button and make sure you're subscribed. I wanted to tell you about a free upcoming course I am putting together at mastermyhabits.com. When you sign up right now, you'll be the first to be notified about the course. And in the meantime, you'll immediately get access to a playlist going over my journey on how I went from addiction to freedom forming habits. So make sure to hit that link in the description. I'll see you on the next video.